Holy cow. Cubs win. Cubs win. Season three with the chopper. How you doing, man? I haven't seen you in forever. Good buddy. Yeah. I, I feel like I see you every day. I don't miss everything you're doing. You are the busiest man on earth and uh, I'm busy too. I just, uh, just got my head down grinded with my new gig. So uh, yeah, we're both, yeah, the, both working hard. Number number one on my topic list today is Chop Summer Recap. I want to get a full recap, but listener, uh, full snaps, full claps and snaps and attaboys for the chopper. Uh, we missed you last week. I held the fort down. I just sat and stared at myself while I talked, and then I looked down 58 minutes later. I, I, I just said, okay, I'm done. And then I said, rake, and I was out. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but like I you nailed gave- it. I gave our our friends um, uh, a, a good recap of my summer. Uh, it, it was it was wild and it was awesome and I had a blast. And uh, right now I'm in a basement in Madison, Wisconsin. Traveled all day. Uh, John Wayne to Dallas, Dallas to here. Got a Nissan Altima uh, mm-hmm. at the Hertz rental car, and 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 it's jammed up with uh, with baseball equipment, some swag. Uh, we've got baseball cards. I've got my drum, uh, some clothes and some golf clubs. Cause I got to play mm. a little golf while I'm on the road, but, um, I'm actually in the basement of coach Sparky, who is a friend of the pod. He's a Patreon of the pod and my boots on the ground here in Madison. We're going to rock East Madison little league tomorrow night. So a uh, big attaboy. He's upstairs watching the Orioles game right now. Attaboy coach attaboy. Sparky. Um, nice basement too. I know, got a good basement. I got a got a nice little gym set up with a ping pong deal and a batting cage. Like he's he's doing it here in Madison. Yeah, he's so uh, yeah, I'm probably gonna just stay in that room till about two a.m. tonight. Just just rocking out. Got a nice beer- midsize too. They hooked you up with the Ultima. That's a nice little midsize you got there. Nissan it's a Ultima? nice little midsize. The, nice the, little the, midsize. Can't find one of those. Uh, I don't have the right cord to plug my phone into the thing. So the GPS shows on the thing. So, okay. uh, so I just turn my phone sideways, put it on the, in front of the speedometer. And that's kind of how I GPS it. I don't know if it's street legal, but it's what I'm doing. First world problems. Yeah. It's first world, <laughs> but hey, you've, you navigated it. Love hey, that. I got to get from Madison over to Milwaukee, down to Chicago. Uh, got, got some other little spots in the Chicago area down to St. Louis and Kansas city in that Nissan Altima. So um, not a sponsor, but we're giving it a nice plug. And the cubbies, let's talk a little bit about your cubbies. They are hot. Yeah. Cubbies are rocking right now. Don't talk about it right now. It's, it's a real, it's a real happy day in the life of, yeah. of a Cubs fan, 10 games over 500, wow. uh, but we're still those brewers. They're keeping us at arm's length. They're very stingy, a lot like your Dodgers. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I do want to get to your, your summer recap. Uh, we've got some good topics to talk about, um, uh, in the world of coaching. Uh, and I want to thank all my Patreons. We got 21 Patreons now. Let's go. Uh, and, and I think I, I actually, uh, figured out how to get on the website, uh, figured out how to, how to, uh, see everybody's name on there and they call them patrons coach uh, patrons. on the Patreon okay website they call them patrons so i don't care i'm going to continue to call them patreons um uh but i I wanted to thank them all uh, by name but before we get to that um my cubs uh, are looking good i'd love to i'd love to win the central your dodgers have really uh what has been the secret have you been able to watch uh, your old team a little bit what's been going on lately Man, they had that incredible August, uh, twenty four and three or something crazy. Uh, the boys, the boys are swinging it. They're having fun. Uh, timely hitting, uh, pitching was great. Mookie bed, Mookie Magic, Freddie Freeman. Uh, got two all stars back. Yeah, oh, Kike, we got so many Kike friends back. of the pod just just cruising into L.A. and making stuff happen. Joe Kelly back. We got to get Joe Kelly on the pod. He said multiple times he'd come on the pod. We got to get Joe Kelly on here. Next week, that's our goal. Oof, Let's just get him like on. That. Maybe at the end of the year. But yeah, I like that. Maybe. <laughs> and Kershaw, Kershaw said he'd come on. Kersh at some point would be spectacular. Indeed. Yeah, they're 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 playing well, man. They're they're fun to watch. My only concern, not that it's a concern, but 
their peak, they peaked a little early, right? So they're going to have a little bit of a lull. You've already seen that. The Braves came in, took three out of four. That's just baseball. Um, and so now it's going to be them probably going through it here for a few weeks, maybe 500 baseball, slightly over 500, and then try to get hot for the playoffs. So anytime teams get too hot too early, it's hard to be good for three straight months, right? August, September, and October. So um, that's my only little uh, baseball superstition thing i guess uh well they, i mean they're they're they don't think they're going to catch atlanta for the uh first no. place spot and nobody's going to catch him for the second place spot so they've got the bye um so they really aren't going anywhere um I, i'd like to see my cubbies win the division then they'll have that uh wild card series at home uh the brewers are going to be tough to catch and then you got some some hungry teams. You got those yeah. snakes. Those snakes are hungry. A friend of the pod, Longo, wants Longo. To, wants to send them to uh, October baseball. So, um, Phillies, Phillies are heating up. Phillies are tough. They're gonna. They're they got the first place wild card right now. But uh, man, when the Cubs are good, life is good. That that place is is rocking. If they're ten games below or ten games above, but I uh, will be in the city of Chicago. Uh, if you're in that area. I got Sandlot's uh, a mile from Wrigley Field uh, on uh, on the seventh, and then I'll be in Glenview on the eighth, Lagrange on the ninth, and over to Portage, Indiana, the night of the ninth before I head over to St. Louis. So, um, I I love you, Chicago, LaGrange. and it's I'll see you soon. Top song. Isn't that it is easy top. Yeah, yeah. LaGrange. I think I think that's where they were born and raised, Lagrange. So. Lagrange. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's fact. Uh, the Patreons that have kept, uh, Tommy Gold's lights on, you might not have, have, have seen him lately follower. He's around, he's at the university of Arizona doing his thing. He's a college student, but he's still helping us with our social media. Uh, he's getting our social media dialed in on Instagram. So thank you to all of you, uh, that, that get her going. Michael Johnstone over in Austria. I mean, he mm -hmm. listens, he listens in Vienna, Austria, which is a, it's a whole nother state coach. It's, it's like the 51st state. It is. Uh, and, and it's got a long way to swim to get there. Justin Sprague, <laughs> AKA uh, coach Sparky uh, is just, you know, about 20 feet from me right now. Uh, listening in, I'm, I'm in his basement right now. Joe Matias, uh, who is our resident uh, umpire. He came on the pod and chatted with us. Ricky Alvarez, Adam Pels, Justin Brubelo, me washing, Love Mr. Me Washing, Brad Smith, Jason Holzer. That's my boots over in uh, Kansas City. Michael Galvez. That's my boots in Austin, Texas. Shane Johnson, Josh Minyard, Alex Webb, Aaron Batesy. Batesy in the house. Yep. Uh, Josh Spungberg, Adam Rogers, my boots on the ground in Toronto. Ross Dixon, Bobby Garcia, Robin Brown, Mark Bowers, and Paul DeWald. Thank you guys. I mean, you, you, you. you listen, uh, you uh, you support, and any listeners out there that want to uh, jump on the patreon.com uh, slash chopping ball game, um, we appreciate you. Uh, we do this for our own mental health. We don't do it for the money, uh, but our wives don't mind it if a little cash comes down the pike. That's huh? true. That's true. It's just huh? true. Happy wife, happy life. Um, and and I, uh, I, I broke this down last week uh, in my recap, but I've met so many of you, Patreons, listeners out there, uh, and it gave me such a pump up uh, to to what we do. Choppers, we have the three hour sandlot with the kids. And then we have a coach's clinic right after. And it's been an Love absolute that. highlight, man. It's been so much fun. Um, and, and it, it, it made, it gave me a pump up because there's so many great people out there. So many great moms and dads that stayed 45 minutes after this three hour sandlot. Uh, there's gnats crawling up on their legs. They're slapping their knees, trying to you know, swat at these mosquitoes, but they're out there listening to my spiel. And it was just some great topics. Great, great chat. And uh, I'm, I'm going to jump into a few of these topics um, uh, in a minute. But uh, uh, 
Chopper, tell me about your summer. Uh, the last time I saw you, you brought your team to Tustin, California, and you uh, you helped us run our first day of summer camp way back in right. June. What have you been up to, man? Well, team played in California, and then we played in Prescott, and uh, we had an unbelievable tournament in Prescott, stayed in a really nice home there and uh, we went six and oh in three days and won the tournament we played some really really good teams just played really clean baseball turned out that was my last uh hoorah if you will with uh with the pushridge lions with that group uh no longer coaching at the high school uh, i had to decide between coaching at pushridge or taking a new opportunity which is the athletic director position at desert christian high school and uh wife and I prayed about it and uh, decided that we took would take that opportunity. So wearing that hat right now, we're about to start our football program, hired coach Jerry Harris, who is a legend. He's a state championship coach. He's, I haven't met a lot of coaches that are more prepared than I am coach, but he's more prepared than I am. He wrote, he sent out an email the other day. That's a year, a year worth of planning all the way right up until the first game of kickoff. And he's, it's, uh, he's an impressive man, a strong man of God. He's he's a great mentor for the kids. And so, uh, yeah, we're going strong at Desert Christian. Been there for since July 1 and uh, excited. Michael Chop's over there with me. So uh, he's at the high school and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. A lot of great kids, great, great leadership at that school. I feel really fortunate to be a part of it. I'm very excited. Uh, how far is the commute? It's a bit of a commute. If everything falls the way uh, the way you want it to, it's about 30 minutes. Uh, typically, it's a little bit longer than that, but uh, we've got early morning waits. So leave the house about 5.50 in the morning and we get into school about 6.20 a.m. And then uh, depending on my schedule, there's some nights I'm there till 9.30 at night because I've got girls volleyball. Um, and you know I'm the MC of that. You know I'm setting yeah. the vibe for girls volleyball. Uh, and, uh, and if not, then we try to sneak out of there around four 30 or five, but it, they're long days, but they're very rewarding. Tremendous kids at that school. Uh, the school's got great heart. And, uh, like I said, I'm, I feel really lucky to be there. It's, it's tiring and I'm still coaching Bo's team. So I've got the, not the, uh, the 10 U and the 11 U we're practicing a couple nights a week. So, um, we're going hard, you know, we're going mm -hmm. ham as the kids say it's fun. Wow. Well, they are lucky to have you as the, the leader there of the, uh, the desert Christian high school. And I, I as far as your day-to-day -day goes, it seems like you've already kind of um, gotten stabilized, gotten into a good balance position. Uh, do you, do mm -hmm. you, do you have a good feel for, for your job and the expectations thereof? Yeah. I, uh, initially there, it was, it was a bit of a grind, right? You're, you're, I'm learning a whole new position. Uh, I think the term that someone used that I like, they coined the phrase drinking out of a fire hose. I think that was kind of what it felt like for a little bit. Sure. Um, but, but my whole thing was, okay, just have a good attitude and work hard and, and try to learn from the mistakes that are inevitably going to be made and, and take notes and be a sponge. And thankfully there's so many people, athletic directors are very helpful. Um, so they've been really helpful and, uh, yeah, I am. I do feel like I'm starting to get my feet under me and, you know, we can always control our attitude, right? Coach, we know that. So for me, it's bring a good energy every day, work hard. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's been fun. It's been really rewarding. Like I said, the kids on campus are, are awesome, you know, and I miss my, my push Ridge lions. Um, I miss them dearly as well, but, uh, God's blessed me with, a lot more kids that are awesome. So it's uh it's pretty cool. It's a cool opportunity. Here's two reasons why I think you're the perfect guy for that job. One, to uh, to be an athletic director, you got to be able to put out fires. And you used to be a fireman. You put out you literally put out fires. And then you uh you kept that high leverage vibe going uh in the video replay room with Sean Dunstan. Uh and and many other legends so you know how to put out a fire in a high leverage moment and two correct me if i'm wrong but an athletic director's uh one of your priorities is to get these kids to the next level to get these kids to a college to to find ways to to get them to uh fulfill their dreams and i think you're just the perfect you're the perfect guy for that you you are really intuitive in kids strengths and um 
that I'm, they're going to be so lucky to have you on their side as, as they're trying to get to, uh, get to a college one day. What do you think about yeah, that? That's fun. No, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate you saying that. Um, and I do, I look to highlight our kids' strengths for sure and try to hold them, just raise their belief in themselves and each other. And you do that through hard work. Uh, you get that confidence through your preparation and your willingness to do things that no one else is willing to do. So we just had an all school retreat last week and, uh, <laughs> and don't invite the athletic director to the all school retreat. If you don't expect there to be a workout at 7.00 AM, uh, day two of camp. So I was going around the dinner table on the first night, making sure everyone knew, Hey, 7.00 AM, we've got dynamic warm up and a little bit of a workout before breakfast. And, uh, half the kids looked at me like I was crazy, but uh, we did it. And we had about 35 kids out there just getting after it. And I told them we're, we're elevating our savage right here, you know, and it's, this is how you really become a savage as you get out here, even on vacation or a retreat and you still get your work in. That's what athletes do. And uh, it's fun. It's fun. Cause you're starting to see their confidence go up because they're putting in the work. And you know, if you're putting in work, you have confidence in yourself. And if you've got someone next to you putting in the same work, you have confidence in them. And that's how you can raise kind of everyone's standard uh, pretty quickly. So it's, I'm really excited for, for we our slogan is deserts rising. So we're rising, man. Every single day we're doing something to get better. And uh, we're going to, we're going to surprise some folks this year. It's going to maybe not Colorado Buffalo, uh, oh boy. maybe not coach prime level, uh, but maybe, <laughs> maybe, but maybe. I'd, I'd say maybe. shoot high. So you're going to be the <laughs> baseball coach there as well is this is this accurate we have a really good coach uh okay. so no i'm not going to be the head baseball coach um i i really just want to try to come alongside and help all my coaches so baseball coach scott altair he's great he his first year was last year and the boys went 17 and 6 and uh, had a good little run in state so he's he's already kind of started changing the culture and i love what he's doing so I just want to help assist him in any way possible. Side note about Coach Altair, his his 12-year-old, Easton, they were like one game away from making it to Williamsport. Oh. And literally, yeah. So uh, so they're represented out here in Arizona, and they went up and got up against a team from Hawaii that kind of boat raced him. And uh, that'll happen. Those teams from Hawaii are serious. Um, but no, I, I want to help. I want to help all our coaches. Uh, I've volunteered to help during the day, too, just to help with dynamic warm-up and speed training and agility and i'm on campus so the least i can do is get in there and uh you know try to try to show that these young men and women how to be more athletic and uh, just you know just try to get better every day if you try to get better every single day uh, you don't worry about winning you just worry about getting better and it, it'll kind of take care of itself so i think i think uh coach prime needs to take some notes from you coach so i think coach prime. gosh oh. coach prime. um well, uh, it, it, I'm glad that the new job uh, is is feeling good to you, and um, I, I know it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun uh, unpacking some of the stuff that you uh, some of the fires you have to put out, and some of the awesome aspects of your job this year. This is season three of our pod, man. Uh, this is episode. This is the 69th episode for crying out loud. Amazing. Uh, pretty fun and as i go back and look at the guests we've had and look at the topics we've discussed man uh, we've written about 12 books just in this podcast right here um and being able to get on that road uh i went to about 20 different cities in august i go to about 22 different cities in september uh and th the coaches that are coming bringing their kids they all listen to the pod you know and they're they're believers and and being able to shake their hand and have discussions with them uh, has been outstanding. And and one one topic that really caught my ear, and and we had a great discussion about it, was in uh, Springfield, Virginia, just outside of D.C., where uh, one of the coaches, he was actually nicknamed Coach Clemente. He had a Clemente jersey on, uh, brought his kid, uh, who was a really talented nine-year-old and he coaches nine U, I believe I, I might have that wrong he might be 10 um, but he coaches his travel ball team uh, let's say it's nine U, and he feels a little out of place he feels like a fish out of water because every other coach is trying to win at all costs uh, and and you know what happens when when 
coaches are trying to win at all costs. We've talked about that uh, a lot, uh, but it, it gets pretty toxic fast uh, because uh, when you're trying to win that day, um, uh, the, the, the best pitcher on the team hurts their arm. The, uh, the, the players not getting the most playing time kind of get weaned out. Um, coaches yell when kids make mistakes, parents yell when umpires make mistakes. Um, and, and it feels, it just seems like nobody is building any character. No, no the kids, uh, see all of this negativity and they're like, well, I guess this is what we do here. But this guy, this coach Clemente, he's like, I feel like a fish out of water, but, um, you know, what do I do? And, and the entire staff that was at that coach's clinic was like, dude, right on, man, keep, keep going, keep, keep hugging those kids, keep loving on those kids. Uh, that's the only way this culture is going to change, uh, is if uh, one coach at a time, uh, we do what uh, what we've been, we've been preaching the past couple of years here on this podcast, uh, have a tone that's positive, um, and, and have body language that is, uh, that is, that, that is building these kids up to be good people, to have this lens on that is, can I make this kid a, a really good student and a really good big brother and a great son, um, uh, as opposed to winning this game right now or even making them a great player. So um, I just wanted to get your take uh, as you're still coaching travel ball and you've done a lot more competitive coaching than I have. Um, have you ever felt like that fish out of water, like you're the only coach with a level head? Uh, and if so, um, you know, what's your advice to Coach Clemente there? Yeah, I uh... – it's fun because we had our first tournament for our younger group and it's been a while. Um, you know, I've been used to the older group and it's completely different there. You do feel like a fish out of water there. Um, coaches are kind of ridiculous uh, with how they act. And uh, with these younger group, it was a real breath of fresh air. And I had my, my, one of my main assistants, uh, coach Will Nicholas, who's an incredible coach an incredible connector, such good energy. And uh, him along with James Allen have been like my right hand hand men, even with high school and everything. Um, but he's he's on board with me here as my head assistant for uh, for the PR pups 10 and 11. We had an 11 year old tournament and we were talking about just how refreshing it is, because even all of the coaches that we coached against, everyone had a really good vibe. Uh, in fact, one of good. the coaches. Yeah. One of the coaches after the game, he's like. He's like, coach, do you mind? Are you guys willing to pray with pray with us at home plate? I'm like, not only are we willing to pray with you at home plate, coach, but I'll pray. You know, uh, <laughs> it was really cool. So uh, I and some of the other kids we played against, I had them in some of my camps. So they were like, coach, chop, coach, chop. So it's like this young age. It's like, man, and I want to be really in tune with seeing when it starts to flip because right now it's right. it's nothing but beauty. It um, sounds well, well. No, I'm and what I'm hearing is like it's it's already flipped because that a ten u eleven u, I mean that that has been known to be toxic, a toxic culture. So we maybe lucky. it's flipping, man. Hey, hey, I, I all I could speak to is last weekend and next weekend when we're up in Chandler, it might be different. But I mean, and we're mindful of it too. Like I'm. I celebrate every kid, not just our kids. If the catcher makes a great stop, it's great stop catch. You know, it's like, it's not hard to just kind of set the right vibe in the right tone. Um, and so, no, I've, I've blown away with the experience that we had last weekend. It was Good. really cool. Um, and in the past when there's toxic stuff, it's, it still comes back to controlling what we can control as coaches and not getting sucked into the, the negative energy or that toxic environment and, trying to defuse where you can uh if you have to call them out you go ahead and do it but you still do it in a respectful way one-on-one -on -one. like we talk about uh, criticism shouldn't be out loud and i haven't always been perfect at that there have been times when i've kind of let someone know how i feel about the way they're coaching when it's beyond inappropriate but then i become inappropriate by you know by falling into that level so uh, it's just trying to always be mindful that we are the example for our kids and uh, i love the term uh, the acronym for win, which is what's important now. And I love that uh, because that changes the equation. 
if, if it's like, oh, we got to win. Okay. Well, what's important right now in this moment, it's consoling a kid or it's being kind to her an opponent, or it's showing an umpire grace when he makes a bad call and not firing up. Um, that's a new meaning of win, which I did not come up with that. Um, a hall of fame coach at Vanguard university. Uh, he told me that uh, when I was seeking counsel for being an athletic director, uh, he gave me that tremendous acronym. So um, I love that, but no, it's, you know, it's coaching's a blessing, man. It's, it's awesome. And I'm glad that you got to meet coach Clemente and be around just other like-minded coaches. And I feel like we have had an impact. I know we have uh, not just in our own little circle of influence, but with others. And, and the more that can hear this podcast, they can start seeing it through a different lens. Uh, and that's super rewarding for guys like you and me. Yeah. Uh, right on. And, and um, for me, just, just keep leading by example and, and, if you're doing your job, uh, Coach Clemente, uh, with your kids and you're approaching everything the right way with the right lens, uh, then slowly but surely another coach will pick up on that. Maybe that's your assistant coach. Maybe it's the other team's assistant coach. And then they have uh, a beer with the the head coach on the other team later that night. And they're like, you know, man, you're kind of passive aggressive. Like, do you see the other coach over there? Like, like the, the those kids are falling in love with the game uh, over there. And and I don't know if that's happening on our side. Uh, it will change. Just just keep leading by example. Just and and all the other coaches uh, really got behind that. And they're like, do not drink that Kool Aid, man. Just stay the course. Uh, keep keep taking the high road. But uh, I I I tend to. Um, get any type of um, uh, aggressive, any type of challenge, uh, any type of, uh, I get, I get loud during practice. If I'm going to be a coach, uh, if I'm coaching kids, then practice is way more important to me uh, than the game. The the game is just a a celebration of all the hard work that we've put in. Um, But if you've got kids that aren't putting in a hundred percent effort. Yeah. Then that's where you challenge him, challenge him in practice. You don't bury him. Uh, I don't even know that you, I, that yelling will work. Maybe one out of a hundred kids actually um, uh, responds to that. Well, uh, but find out how each kid ticks, uh, but prioritize practice and prioritize character. I'm telling you, if you do that, if you prioritize hustling down the line, give it your all control the controllables they're going to show up early, stay late, win more games. Um, and, and when you do make a mistake, when you do yell and we all do it, you said you, you do it. I definitely do it. Mine tends to be passive aggressive, um, uh, as opposed to blatant yelling. Uh, but just say, you're sorry, apologize. The power behind apologizing to, uh, to a group of kids when you've made a mistake um, is huge. And I've said this on the podcast before, like for my daughter, the only time she'll ever submit to me or actually, um, meet me halfway is after I've apologized for something I've done. Then she's like, Oh, wow. Okay. So he is human. So, uh, I can relate to that. And now I can break my walls down and and meet you halfway. So, that kind of jumps in, in into this next topic. Um, anything to close up shop on that 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 coach Coach Clemente clinic there? Uh, just one more thing for coaches. Uh, this popped into my head uh, halfway through our game yesterday. Uh, we were, got into championship Sunday, and and kids inevitably put more pressure on themselves when it's no longer the pool play and it gets into you know win or go home stuff and. I wrote down in my notes, I take a lot of notes and I just wrote down, like if we compete fearlessly and we bring energy and we have fun, that's a win. If you compete fearlessly and you bring energy and you have fun, that's a win. Um, So don't worry about the scoreboard. Worry about the vibe you're bringing. Like, are you being fearless? Are you confident in your actions? Do you believe in yourself and each other? Do you have energy in the dugout and on the field and are you having fun? And so that's what I told to my kids after the game is like, guys, like we were really nervous. The first inning gave up five runs, walked a bunch of guys. And then we had this talk about just, Hey, it's okay. Like, I don't care what happens as long as we play fearlessly and have fun and have energy. And then we came out and put up four on them and uh, basically tied the game the rest of the way through. Um, 
And so, yeah, as coaches, like, just make sure your kids know your expectations. It's like, dude, we've worked hard. We're ready. Be fearless, have energy and have fun. And the rest is like, whatever we'll, we'll learn from it. We'll, we'll get better. In fact, I took the blame as a coach. I was like, Hey, we didn't stop the run game today. That's on me. Like, that's my job as a coach. These next two weeks of practice before our next tournament, we're going to focus on stopping the running game. Don't you worry about that for one second. That's completely on me. And I, yeah. and I know how to teach that. We'll fix that. You just bring effort and energy and have fun. So I got to go home uh, for two days and see my folks and my brothers. And I got to swing by my old high school and watch football practice. Same head coach, uh, a lot of the same assistant coaches. And I haven't been there in 20 years, but there is a culture. Uh, they call it a tradition, the, the wildcat tradition. Uh, and it's still there. It's still very loud. And it's all based in that, in energy, in in effort, uh, in having fun, uh, in awarding character. Like uh, I, they have stickers for your helmets. If you're making good choices, if you're busting your butt in the weight room, if you're getting after it. Um, and that culture was built 40 years ago. Uh, by a coach named Burton Cates, Coach Cates. He's still there. Now his name's on the scoreboard at the field, Burton Cates Field, but he built that culture. And it is one of, uh, give me all you've got, um, uh, uh, stay late, uh, get in that weight room a little bit early, uh, and and don't ever give up. And and at, at no point do we even have to think about the scoreboard because the wins, what he's really looking for, uh, is is those that are going to show up early on Monday morning to watch film from Friday night's game and then get get back to work, turn the page on a loss. Um, but there there is a culture that you can build, uh, uh, but but really go about it the right way with with the character. Um, uh, an, uh, topic number two here, and this is not a a good topic, but it's necessary to talk about. Um, uh, I'll, I'll keep it anonymous as far as where it was or who it was, but there was an incident uh, in a um, travel ball, uh, uh, elite with you know elite um, uh, elite ten year old group where uh, the coach is he he's drunk the Kool Aid. He is all about wins, uh, and he will yell at his players when they make mistakes um, and. It, it has gotten to the point where uh, the kids are not having any fun. It all came to a head uh, after a loss and uh, they go out into right field and the coach is just, just berating them uh, and, and cussing them and just um, letting them have it. Uh, and, you know, these are 11, 10, 11, 12 year old boys. And one of the dads uh, on that team was fed up Um ran out on the field. They had a physical altercation. The kids are seeing all of this, all the parents, everybody there is seeing all of this. I don't think this is a one-off. I think this probably happens more, uh, more times than we think. And it seems to me that uh, most of the parents were pretty much fed up with this coach's philosophy. And this one dad was the one to kind of speak for the group. Um, uh, but uh, I, I, I just want to get your reaction to it. Uh, how could it have, uh, I guess, how could it have been prevented? And then kind of how does, how do we go about it uh, after the fact? It, 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 it happened. Now, what do we do about it? But um, what do you think, Chopper? Man, there's a lot to unpack with that. Um, well, unacceptable by the coach, unacceptable by the parent um as well uh we still get to control how we respond right so you don't have to like something that a coach is doing that you're probably paying a lot of money to uh so the best the very best option i would say as a parent is like know who you're putting your kid in front of and if you're putting your kid in front of an adult that's willing to treat kids that way uh you probably need to take your kid to a different team um but even if you have an altercation or something where you see a coach doing something wrong, you should still handle that after everyone's left and not act out of emotion because now you're, now you're part of the problem with the fight. Um, but 
like I said, the easiest solution would be remove your kid from that situation. Uh, it's you probably have practices two or three days a week. You've got games going on trips. It's a bad culture and your culture is what you tolerate. So if you've got a culture that's being set by someone who's willing to yell and scream at kids, what else are they willing to do? What other bad decisions are they willing to make? So um, really disheartening, uh, kind of breaks my heart for the kids because they will be affected by that for a long, 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 long time. Um, what is your take, Coach Boggy? What do you think? Yeah, as as far as uh, preventative, how it could have been prevented, uh, somewhere along the line, um, somebody's got to hold that coach accountable. And I, I, I think it's got to be done pretty early on. Uh, it, it, and none of the kids are going to, do it. None of the kids are going to say, coach, you're not coaching like chop and ball game talk about on their podcast. Uh, so uh, somebody's got to, got to sniff that out pretty early on and just have a cup of coffee. And we've talked about this before when a coach is going about it the wrong way and who knows why uh, I don't ever think it's malicious or blatant, uh, but, but something has, has either happened in, in that coach's past uh, to to cause them to react a certain way when their kids don't uh, perform well. I think a lot of that stems from insecurity. Uh, when the kid doesn't perform well or they make an error, uh, then coach feels like a failure uh, and then coach lashes out. I definitely did that as a young coach. And I've talked about that on this podcast as well. Ashamed that I did that. Definitely pushed kids away from the game. They They fell out of love with baseball because of me. Uh, and it hurts, but somebody's got to wake up that coach and let them know. I had a mentor that put their arm around me and said, hey, dude, I love you. I love your energy. Uh, and, and this is a thankless job, but you got to make sure that these kids want to come back tomorrow, uh, that 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 you're 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 creating a love of play within them. Uh, if you don't believe me, ask Hunter Pence. Uh, he talked about that a lot on this podcast. So um, somebody's got to sniff that out pretty quick and and be a, be the most level headed person in the room uh, and and just say, hey, man, th this is what I see. Uh, uh, help me out. Uh, it didn't happen. It just continued to fester. And, and you see that you could I can just imagine all of the parents just um, kind of it came to a head and and that was that was how it ended. I agree with you. The parent can't do that. Can't you can't have a physical altercation in front of a bunch of kids on a little league baseball field? Um, not acceptable. Um, uh, praise loudly and uh, criticize quietly in private. That's got to be the same way uh, with a disagreement with a parent uh, and a coach. As far as uh, what's got to be done after the fact, there has to be two apologies. There has to there has to be a a come to Jesus moment here. Uh, we'll start with the we'll start with the parent. Um, that's that's got to gather the the kids together and say, hey, I don't care how the coach was coaching, what he said to you, I reacted poorly in that moment. Uh, I I came from a place of anger, and I I just want to say I'm sorry. And when 12 young kids see a big, strong man uh, get vulnerable. It's incredibly powerful. And there's so much trust that will be built uh, when that happens. When a six foot four Chad Chop with a big beard comes out and, and sheds some tears and, and genuinely says, I'm sorry for the way I reacted, those kids will never forget that. Just like they're never going to forget the altercation they saw, they're also never going to forget that vulnerability from someone they really look up to. And the same thing has to happen for the coach. Coach has to do that for the kids. Coach needs to do that for the parents. Why? Because that coach's two most important jobs is to make sure those kids come back next year because it's fun and make them a better person. And he went 0 for 2 big time on that. Um, he might have won a few more games uh, than, uh, than they thought they'd win, but he weaned out some some players that didn't get a chance to play. He railed uh, some kids for making mistakes. And uh, he really, you know, as I said, 
just showed a lot of insecurity in that moment. That's the only reason you would act that way in front of a bunch of kids um, is when when you're just in a place of insecurity. So um, I hope it happens. I hope the, that coach hears this. Uh, I hope that parent hears this as well. Um, I can totally relate to that parent because if my daughter's dance coach is yelling at her and cursing her uh, for for making mistakes, mental, physical, um, mm, that's gonna I'm I'm gonna feel I'm gonna feel something there, and I'm gonna have to walk. I'm gonna have to take a walk. I remember Javi Lopez. Javier Lopez came on and was talking about that. Uh, and he he's had to had some moments of deep breathing uh, while he hears some things uh, about his kids. So um, put yourself in that that parents uh, shoes, coach. What are you going to do in that moment? Well, I want to touch on coaches too. Like coaches don't talk after games, dude. Like just like, let's, can we just stop that? I know we used to be kids and we'd have to take a knee and listen to our old coach talk for 20 minutes. Like the kids aren't going to hear you win, lose or draw. They're not listening. So you're doing it for yourself. Stop. It's selfish. Um, You're going to say stuff you regret. If you're angry, you're speaking out of emotion. So you're, there is, it is zero good unless you just want to encourage your kids because you saw something that you think can put them in a positive mindset after a game, like just don't do it. Like talk the next day or talk the next practice. It gives you 24 hours to process what you saw. You'll probably be speak better about the game because you have thought about it and you found a way to put a positive spin on everything and communicate the right way to where they can actually hear the message. But like coaches stop talking after games. That's, that's going to be a coach ball game and coach shop rule. Like, like no it. talking after games, dude. When you win, it's time to go have pizza and ice cream. And when you lose, it's still time to go have pizza and ice cream. And then talk about stuff you want to talk about after. Like, for me, I have it right here. This is my whole practice plan. This is all written from the game yesterday. I didn't tell the kids about that. I went home. I had my notes. And they they give you what you get to work on during the week. That's all you need. And then you just keep working to get better. So, coaches, stop. Now, parents, uh, what's my advice for that? that parent uh or like what do i do if a, if a coach is i don't know what i would do if i saw a coach talking to my son the way that that parent saw i hope i'd make the right decision but i'm not sure i would i might go out there and tell him to knock it off and i wouldn't punch him um my muscles are too big you know um so <laughs> i think you no, just I, walk out there and i just, and just think i just beard or, on him. or just remove my son like it's like and i have a parent who's done that before not from me but another coach that was being abusive and he literally grabbed his son and left. And they left the, the team for like a month. And they loved the team and loved the kids. But they, they're like, no, dude, you're not going to talk to my son that way. Um, and the coach is a good coach, but he was being abusive. And, uh, and so you just remove yourself from the situation. And, and then you deal with the consequences if, if there are any. You know, if, The sad thing about club baseball is if your kid's good enough, there won't be any consequences because that coach will come back crying and saying he's sorry. You know, it's, that's just kind of how the culture works. It's um, it's kind of weird that way. Um, but no, what you, I, what I would remove my son from the situation. And what do you say to the person that, that says, well, well, the culture has changed so much. Like uh, we're, we're getting soft. Uh, coaches are getting soft, uh, teaching players to be soft. You can't have a militant coach that's out there um, yelling at them. The kids can't get yelled at. Uh, what do you say to, to that person? Yeah. You can't have a coach out there yelling and screaming at kids. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's changed. The culture has changed. Yeah. Society has changed. I would argue for the better. You can hold kids just as accountable without yelling and screaming and tearing them down. So they're embarrassed and they never want to play the sport again. And now you've lost them and that love of play is lost and you've missed an opportunity to help inspire a kid, even when they're failing and, and build up their confidence through failure. And make sure they know that they're loved even when they make a mistake. So yeah, the society has changed. Coaches freaking dial in and fall in line with society because it's better for the kids and it's better for their mental health. Dude, you're not coaching big leaguers. You know, Joe Madden said that. Like your job's not to win. Sorry, you're coaching youth sports. Go get better at coaching and coach pros if you want to be that way. You can do that. There's plenty of pro coaches that do that, but you better have a pretty good resume. Your 12U record's not going to be enough. Uh, to coach professionally. So you might as well change and start winning hearts. Bang. Bang.
bank. I, I, Sorry, I, dude. Got me I emotional. Have, I'm fired up, dude. I love it. I love when you get fired up. I do. <laughs> I have no rebuttal to that. All, all I'll say is, uh, yeah, it, it just works. Uh, it, it it works. It does. Uh, I uh, Your kids will perform better if they're not afraid of you yelling at them, um, period. Bang. Um, how, do you, how do you coach your own kid? You've got a bunch of boys in there and they're different ages, but I've run into some dads and they're like, man, it's so easy to coach the other 11, but mine, my one, how do I, am I, do I act like dad? Do I be his best friend? Do I be harder on him? I don't want to be harder on him. Um, what do you say? Really hard. Um, it's really hard. So the best advice I can give is trust your other coaches and kind of let them coach uh, your son. That's that's just what's worked for me in the past. And I've coached their son um, because, yeah, it's I've screwed that up so many times. And I'm going to continue to screw that up, um, especially with my oldest, uh, extremely hard on him because I know the perception of everyone thinking, you know, oh, he's going easy on his kid. And so to a fault go the other direction. Um, it's a hard dynamic. And, and so many great coaches that I know have been like, yeah, I don't coach my own son. I, in fact, I don't know anyone um, and outside of Bill Hasselman, who's the third base coach right now for the Angels. And ha- Hass, he actually said for a while, he got it wrong too. And then he finally flipped. It was like, dude, my son's going to be who he's going to be. I don't want him to regret or like not look back fondly on those moments when we got to work out together. Now he probably wasn't coaching him in youth sports, but he was just saying when they worked out and his son went to UCLA and played baseball at a high level and Hass is, is living the dream in, in the big leagues coaching third for the angels. But um, yeah, it's, it's tricky. Uh, coaching Bo's been fun. Bo's Bo's like a unicorn as far as his talent level. So that's, uh, and he's a good kid and a good teammate. So that's, he's very easy to coach. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly coach, I don't have a good, I don't have good advice other than you probably shouldn't coach your own son. If you, if it's possible and if it's not possible, do your best think before you speak. Uh, I'm saying this as a hypocrite cause I don't do a very good job of it. Well, <laughs> man, I, Being I think honest. That, that helps a lot of other dads out there that look up to you for, for advice. Um, I, I I'm, I'm thinking of that dad that, that, says out of desperation i am going to be the coach because i haven't seen anybody else um do it the right way so i i i know i don't want to have to coach my son i want somebody else to coach him but i think i'm the only guy in town that could do it or i'm the only mom in town that could do it and um i for my daughters i just try and be as present as i can with them and and when they when they ask me to to do something, my, my daughters are getting into basketball and soccer a little bit. I try to I try as much as I can to just put everything down, go out into the street and kick that ball with them or or shoot that ball with them. Just help them out as much as I can with their skill development. Uh, but as far as as coaching your own child, yeah, I mean it's extremely difficult because out of out of fifty kids. My strong-willed daughter might be the only one that just, oh gosh, dad, embarrassing, you know, that kind of thing, uh, not dialing in. So it is a different kind of dynamic, but, uh, you know, I think, you know, when you're, you're, you've gone overboard, uh, I, I think if, if you try and treat everybody equally and you're again, uh, the, the, we just, we say it every episode, if you're looking through the right lens, can I make that person a better person today? And and can I make them fall in love with the game? Uh, then you might have a, a shot. Uh, but all in all, that's a that's a difficult. That might be one of the most difficult things to do is coach your own child. And uh, chopping ball game, we don't have great answers for you, but I would say choose love over everything else. Yeah, it's speaking from example or from life experience, dude, like it's not the baseball stuff. It's the being a bad teammate. So if your son or daughter is being a bad teammate and you know that you're their father or their mother, dude, it's like, it hurts. Oh no. Well, it's like, you're just not going to put up with it. So it's, and that's why I say it's, 
it's challenging. It's mm -hmm. extremely challenging. Because you feel like you can be way more lenient on every other kid. Yeah, you're um, going to show grace. Mm -hmm. You're going to show grace and you're going to default to grace with every other kid. But when your son or daughter is truly being a bad teammate, and I'm remembering back to a specific experience that happened this last year, um, you're just, you know, you're you're going to handle that as as a parent, but you're, yeah. you're still the coach, right? So it, it, so it gets you in a weird spot because if it was in your household, and you're not wearing the coach hat, you're going to do what you need to do to make sure that your son or daughter knows that is not how we act. That's never how we act. That is not acceptable. That will not be tolerated. There will be consequences. But when you're on the field amongst his peers and yeah. 14 other athletes, and they're all looking at you as this loving coach that you are, um, that puts you in a weird spot. So it's, yeah. it's a challenging dynamic, uh, but and still very rewarding. I love coaching. I love coaching. Uh, high school and coaching my son and um very rewarding as long as they're hey if they're being good teammates uh it's very easy peasy lemon squeezy it's just when it gets a little sideways then you gotta like really breathe and think and yeah try and find out what their love language is man what's gonna what's gonna what are they gonna actually hear uh you know and and I've had a lot of practice with my with my daughters on on what they hear and and how they hear it and it goes for all of your players find their love language find out what makes them tick um and 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 lean into that but uh, uh tough one tough topic to, to be continued on that <laughs> and and listeners anybody that's got anything yes. yeah uh, let us know it, it help help us out there but you're on the right track there I do think uh, the animosity and the tension that comes from a parent and a kid usually has something to do with behavior, uh, as yeah. opposed to, uh, making errors. Stuff. Yeah. 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 For the most part. Um, we obviously know that's ridiculous, uh, as far as yelling at them or getting mad for the baseball stuff. But, uh, when the, when the effort is lacking or there's disrespect, um, then I, as a dad feel like a failure because I'm the one, you know, putting them to bed every night, making them breakfast and lunch and trying to teach them how to be a good person. So, mm -hmm. um, that there, that, that, that thought comes again of insecurity and I'm a failure as a dad, I'm, I'm not doing my job. And so what do I do? I lash out. Um, I, uh, I just try to get better at that each day and, uh, bang, bang. Yeah. Pride and ego. You hit it, you hit it on the head. It does default to our own pride and our own ego that that gets hit there. Um, so yeah, mm -hmm. it's, Actually, actually, really well said. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. uh, look at us. We're. I, I don't know if we're. Are we the teachers right now, or are we? Are we learning? I think we're learning. Both. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think what we're trying to say is it's a community, and and we, um, we kind of thrive off all of you listeners that, uh, that we get to meet or we see your comments or your emails, and and we become better coaches because of you. It, it, it works both ways. So, uh, that's all the topics I have, uh, for, for, for this episode, friend, do you got anything, uh, to, to put a bow on this puppy? No, it's just great to be back. Uh, I can't wait to, to dive into new topics every week. And when, once the season wraps up here, we'll get some more, uh, baseball players in here until then, uh, you, you've got a, a wealth of friends, uh, on the field and off the field. So we, uh, I'm excited for guests this year and, uh, no, I can't wait. It's great to see you, buddy. It's great to talk with you. Uh, so proud of you and what you're doing. Uh, keep going, get you a five hour energy or whatever you need to, to get rolling again tomorrow. Ready to rock and roll, man. Great to see <laughs> you. Great to be with you once a week. I, uh, I said this last week on the pod. Um, it, it does me a world of good just to, just to hang with a good man like you uh, for an hour each week. So uh, glad we're back and, and, and doing this thing, buddy. Right back at you, buddy. Have a great week. Hey, rake everybody. Let's go. R-A-K-E. Bang. <laughs>